genre. Welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one fellowship filled minute at a time. <laughs> I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. One fellow filled minute at a time? Yeah, well, fella, hey. <laughs> I'm, I'm Norman Mitchell. <laughs> and today we'll be talking about Minute 110, which starts with uh, Elrond continuing the line that ended yesterday. He says, go with you. And ends with that really lovely shot of the Fellowship crossing the bridge out of Rivendell. Yes. So this scene is kind of important narratively because it sets up that Frodo is the leader yeah. of the Fellowship because he everyone waits for him to leave Rivendell first. Right. And then we have him really sheepishly and very cutely asking oh, so cute. Mordor Gandalf, is it left or right? I'm really sad that they didn't include that in the theatrical because yeah. it's such a moment. It's It's... It's a moment of humor um, and, like, you know. It also, it levity. grounds Frodo. <laughs> right. Like, it keep it helps keep Frodo, like, grounded as being, like, out of his element. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't, like, so it's not like he's just, like, leaping into epic fantasy. Right. You know? And, and I, I like, I like that juxtaposed with the, um, the scene that we were talking about yesterday with him and Bilbo, because not only do we get that more complete picture of him as empathetic and human. Well, you know, human in the, the way that the philosophical sense. Yeah. His, his, his humanity, his goodness, uh, and his, his flawed nature. Yeah. And I also like him questioning because it reminds him or it reminds the audience that he is out of his element and he's basically just an innocent just you know having this big burden like thrust upon him you yeah. know so i'm really sad they didn't include that in the theatrical that was one of the things i was like wait they don't do that so when we were watching a theatrical yeah where's the where's the cute little moment right and it's really interesting i mean we've talked about this at length now but i like the way that just aligned changes how a scene plays out yeah and like the biggest place that that's present in the theatrical versus the extended is boromir in Darcel's room yeah we've talked about that a lot and i mean it matters here too it it changes this scene quite a bit to not have that little moment Mm -hmm. because it this makes frodo come off as much less independently strong Mm -hmm. which maybe is what they weren't going for for like the overall feel of the theatrical cut well then i mean it also really like his decision to carry the ring on his own before sam catches up with him at the end yeah is in stark contrast to this yeah where he is asking for help right and i think it also underscores once again his relationship with gandalf and how that plays out going forward especially after moria yeah because gandalf is his other like his mentor his father figure and like 
he said goodbye to Bilbo, but he at least has that. Like, yes, he has Merry and Pippin and Sam that remind him of like his, his family life in the, the Shire. Shire yeah. But Gandalf is really like the cornerstone of Frodo's world at this point. Like his relationship to. Well, without Gandalf, it's not an adventure. Right. Without Which Gandalf, is another way to like kind of think about that, I guess. Like Gandalf is the person that sets things in motion and Gandalf is, you know, he is the mentor. He is the person that has the advice stuff. Yeah. Which is why he has to die. Right. No, I know. Exactly. <laughs> He's the mentor. The mentor right. has to die. <laughs> the mentor has to die for the hero to grow. Right. Like, And I understand. I, I know. Like, you know, Star Wars. Star Wars. Um, <laughs> and literally every other fantasy epic. Everything. Like we were talking about earlier this week. Everything. <laughs> Throw a stone. Exactly. You'll hit like five mentors yeah, right. and then the like, heroes will be sad. Yeah. You know, like just throw a pebble into the the young adult fictions part of a library. Right. Oh, man. Not even that, though. Like just fantasy. Just, yeah, right. We're in, the, uh, we're in the fantasy section. Yeah. Pick any book off the shelf and like find the first the first mention of the hero's family. Right. Oh, oh orphan. They're going to die. <laughs> you know. There you go. There's a wise old man. He's probably going to die. Probably going to die. (laughs) Somewhere along the line. But they don't all come back like Gandalf. Yoda does. And Obi-Wan. Kind of. Yeah. But Gandalf is like an angel. Gandalf is like literally comes back. Yeah, so. (laughs) Back from the dead, assholes. (laughs) Oh, my God. Rumors of my untimely demise were greatly exaggerated. (laughs) I just... I'm just imagining Gandalf rising from that chasm in Moria, just dressed in white with like a single spotlight, and he's got both of his middle fingers up and sunglasses. But you can like see the wire hoisting him up. Right, yeah. He's just like, what up? (laughs) Just like pumping his hands with his middle fingers in the air. Biting his teeth. That is that is my that's my mental image of Gandalf. That's his ascension. That's the that's Gandalf the rest of the scene. Also, speaking of Gandalf, he's wearing his hat. He's wearing his hat here because this is, this is the beginning of their journey. Right. It, I'm, Gandalf without the hat, I don't know. The hat is so iconic. Yes. And this big shot, gray beard. This shot Pointy is so hat. iconic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this shot, especially the one on the bridge, it's so pretty. Yes. And without the hat, you can't tell who Gandalf is. I guess, yeah, from a distance. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one with white hair. Well, Legolas is that platinum blonde thing going on. Yeah. But, I mean, they talk about how this shot is digital. And Yeah, it's very, it's like all composited together from like eight different elements. Right. And you have, like, you can barely make out the hobbits. And Frodo's yeah. in the lead, but like, Gandalf is there with his stick and his pointy hat. And... Everything about that shot. And then there's Bill the Pony. Everything about that shot is so iconic. Like. Yeah, it is. It's a very, it's a very iconic shot. It's beautiful. Shot. You, you know, the other like iconic shot. Because they're literally crossing the threshold. Yes, into, literally. It, like, again, literally, they're crossing the threshold into the great unknown yeah. and their adventure. Yes. Yeah. We're, you know, an hour and 15 minutes into the movie. Right, halfway into the movie, we've completed the first stage of the journey. Like, Frodo had his... Frodo and Sam had their crossing the threshold moment in Farmer Maggot's field. Right. And then... Well, not Frodo, Sam. Like, yeah. that's Sam's... Yeah. ...moment. 
And Frodo's moment doesn't come until much later. Yeah, Frodo's Frodo's moment is right here. Right. Kind of. (sighs) Much more strongly when he decides to leave. Right. That's his like that's his point of no return. Right. For Frodo. But for Sam's point of no return, we already saw. Also, can we talk about this bridge for a few minutes? Because I've literally never realized that there's no handholds or, like, rope or anything. It's just this really beautiful arch. And there's no guardrails. And it's freaking me out. Well, that's probably so if someone gets this close, Elrond can still knock him off with the river. I guess. Boof. (laughs) Get out of here. A gust of wind. Just, That's scary. (laughs) That poor pony. It's fine. Poor pony. Poor Bill. Poor Bill the pony. It's okay. He knows the way home. Oh. Bill. So the other the other shot in this minute, minute that I've always thought is really iconic mm-hmm. is Liv Tyler. Oh, crying? Like, looking at Aragorn leaving. Like, that moment they share, I've always felt is, like, really iconic to this movie. Because this is the last time they're going to be in the same area together for a while yeah well she doesn't know if he's gonna die yeah he doesn't know if he's gonna die right so like this is the last time they're gonna see each other for a while Liv tyler mentions that this is kind of like a holdover from before there was like a slightly more badass version of arwen the character in the script Mm. like this moment is like the more vulnerable version of arwen so she's not playing it the same as she would have with like all that other badass stuff. Right. Also part of the same thing. So this is kind of a remnant from there being kind of two Arwens. Yeah, but I mean... Because... Saying goodbye to, like, your true love, basically, and yeah. you don't know if they're going to die, if you're ever going to see them again, that's really, yeah. that's an emotional moment. And, like, yes, the elves are supposed to be, you know, stoic and not exude a whole lot of emotion necessarily yeah but this is kind of a big deal and i'm glad that she is a little more vulnerable and sad and showing that sadness yes and because he like and that that ties into like what we've talked about before with like arwen and the female characters in general right of like you it's really easy to fall into the trope of like the strong female character yeah in quotation marks yeah yeah just like not feminine shows no emotion is basically like is a murder hobo um what a murder hobo that's a that's a term for rp for more uh more seasoned rpg players i guess oh uh, it's like a, it's like an rpg term for like what adventurers turn into in like a lot of oh, like low class yeah, games yeah. like they live in the woods and they just kill whatever they come right, across and get right, the treasure right it's a murder hobo <laughs> I would I would never describe Arwen as a murder hobo, um, considering this is her house. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> she doesn't wander the. Wa- I mean, Aragorn is well, the closest to. But I mean, like the like the kind of trap of like being like a one dimensional like. Right. S- strong, in quotation marks, well, murderous the, character. The 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 thing about a quote unquote strong female character. Is that in a lot of people's minds, that strong is only just, like, the toxic Right, strong means masculine. Right. Like. And that does, that's not, that's not the case. Yeah. That's just blatantly not the case. And I like that they allow Arwen to be, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I like that they allow Arwen to be a, like, you know, proficient at riding horses proficient with her sword 
awesome brave. and brave and funny and yes. an emotional rock for Aragorn, but also allow her to be feminine and vulnerable. vulnerable. That's and the important thing. Like that vulnerability to me is the most important aspect of any like strong character. Right. You need to have vulnerability. Otherwise, I don't think your character is interesting. Because we see the flip side of this in their really beautiful um, scene together where yes. Aragorn is, you know, on the verge of tears and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And she is. She's calm and she's guiding him yeah, like emotionally. In, in most of their scenes together, like in the uh, in the kind of literary analysis kind of way, I guess, mm -hmm. Aragorn is coded as more feminine in a lot of their interactions because he's the vulnerable one. He's the the more emotionally in need one. Yeah. So like in a lot of their interactions, he's coded more like femininely. Well, I like that their relationship basically turns that on its head yeah it goes because, both ways right both i like that they show that both parties are equal and suitable for each other because they take on aspects uh, all across the spectrum yes like she is just as much of a warrior as he is and he is just as much um like he's just as sensitive yeah as she is yeah and I really like, because that scene with them in the woods together is so beautiful. And I like that we see her a little lost and vulnerable. And he is the one, he kind of smiles at her. Yeah. and Almost like he's maybe not as used to seeing her in that state. Right. And because, you know, she is still kind of a stoic elf. Right. And I like that it's very subtle, but there is that encouragement. And that love that passes between the two, like it's gonna be okay. Yeah. And they're oh, so man. cute. I'm like tearing up talking about them. I love them so much. Yes. It's I don't know, it's just really important that we get all aspects of Arwen's character. And like she's just a really good foil and a match for him. Yeah. You know, one of the things this movie does so well, these movies does so well is getting the characterization of a character and like some of their depth mm -hmm. established quickly and just kind of like out of the way so the story can move forward right show don't tell yeah and like these movies are particularly good at showing characterization quickly mm -hmm. and then being able to move on because they have so many characters right so that is very much to the credit of this franchise and yes there is a lot of telling because you have a lot of exposition but I think the really subtle character moments, there's a lot of them this week. The really subtle yes. character uh, relationships and interactions between those characters. Like in the the wide shot with the Fellowship when they first form, there's like that moment of reference from Legolas right. to Elrond. Yeah. there's a That's a nice little like character thing to like reconnect to their culture mm -hmm. that you might not notice unless you're watching closely. Yeah, because Elrond does the same gesture. Yes. And Legolas is a little... He's know. kind of flat in this first movie. Yes, he is. He doesn't really... There's not a lot of characterization to Legolas in this first movie. Not until we we break the Fellowship up so he has more like screen time and someone to right. interact with. Right, right. So it, 
We'll get to talk a lot more about Legolas' character in Two Towers. Yeah, I'm excited. Like a lot more. Uh, and Gimli, because both of them are a little flat in this first movie. Right. Legolas more so than Gimli, because Gimli has the whole, like, the trauma of Moria to deal right, with. Right, right. So, we get more of Gimli than Legolas. Legolas, in some ways, too, is, like, kind of the the flattest member of the Fellowship in the book, too. Right. I would agree with that. So. I mean, I guess that that's why it translates to the screen. They didn't have as much to work with for uh, for Legolas before Two Towers, right? And I mean, and it would be kind of rough to shoehorn a lot of it in. There's so there's so many characters. Yeah, you can't really grow. I mean, by necessity, like Merry and Pippin, they have characterizations, but they're also a little one dimensional in this. Yeah, and their character arcs don't really start until late into Two Towers, right? Like, so their change like this first movie focuses a lot on frodo and aragorn and a little bit on boromir and then yeah. the because you have tower- to focus right. on boromir and then two towers you get the other four yeah so i think because gandalf doesn't really have an arc per se well gandalf I- just <laughs> has like he has a metamorphosis but like gandalf's character never really changes yeah but, I mean, that's part of, like, the mentor character in general, too. Well, you get a little bit of Gandalf's struggle with uh, Saruman, too, I guess, yes. in this movie. Yeah. So. But, like, the mentor character usually doesn't have the same, like, kind of fleshed out arc as everybody else. Right. Because he's the mentor. He's already been through his character arc. Yeah. He's already, like, established he's himself. He's seen some stuff. He, yeah. It's not his journey. You're right. Yeah. So he's he's there to help. But he's not there to change or, like, change the outcome so much. Right. You know? And most of the other characters in this movie, aside from Aragorn and Frodo, don't really have, uh, and Boromir, don't really have, like, their full arcs. Boromir's the only character with a full arc in this first movie because well, yeah. he has to. Right, because he, he does. He, he just has to. <laughs> um and he's really the, I think he's the only uh, major character across all three movies who has an arc contained in one movie. That makes sense, though. Because uh, Theoden's arc isn't complete until Return of the King. Right. Eowyn's, Eowyn's arc's not complete until Return of the King. Yeah. That that makes sense because, you know, he leaves the narrative. Yes. So. And we just get more things to pl- drop into his narrative through flashback mm-hmm. later, which are also, which are really important. They're cool scenes. I'm excited to talk about Boromir uh, next week because it's like yes, pretty much like prime Boromir before his betrayal, yeah, and that scene in Lothlorien. But we'll get there. Like, oh man, Sean Bean, <laughs> he's so good. I'm so excited to talk to him or talk yes. to him. I wish talk about him. Oh rather. yeah, that'd be that'd be wonderful. <laughs> talk to Sean Bean. That'd be amazing. Yeah, man. Now I'm sad. Anyway, so, just send emails to members of the cast. <laughs> on our pot i would like lose my mind are you kidding me i mean you know we could get surprised i guess i guess so so we're from the website duelinggenre.com um so check that out and if you're interested in checking out other uh movies by minute uh podcasts there are a bunch of them and nearly 30 or maybe even more than that now so you know if you like a movie they probably have one or will soon. So check out moviesbyminutes.com. That's where they're all archived. Um, yeah. They do a good job uh, really staying on top of that. 
Yes. Um, and special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Have a good weekend, and we will talk to you again on Monday. Bye. Bye.